Are you looking for expert analysis and the latest news in the promotional products industry? You must be because you're listening to the Promo Marketing Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Promo Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Menapace, Content Director for Print and Promo Marketing. Today's episode is a fun one. That's because we are talking about toys. Specifically, we have Joe Burke. Joe is the founder and inventor of Ollie Ball, which is an inflatable ball that's designed to be used in the house. Burke developed the toy after years of working for major companies like Disney, and has since seen the brand grow into a retail favorite, winning a Toy of the Year award, and now he's bringing the idea of the Ollie Ball to the promo space. Now, what makes Ollie Ball so interesting, besides the fact that it won't break the glass when you kick it as hard as you can at the window, it also doubles as a coloring book. Burke's been working with uh, retail brands and sports leagues to create branded volleyball products that kids can color in, and has seen huge success from sending the balls to schools and other organizations for kids just to try out and have fun with. We get into a bit in our conversation, but it really speaks to this idea that sometimes the most simple product is the most effective. You don't need to plug a ball in. You don't need to explain anything about a ball. It's pretty much the most universal toy there ever will be but it has these added elements like the color in element that you know make it stand out from the competition. So let's get into our conversation with Joe Burke. All right, Joe Burke, do you wanna introduce yourself a little bit to our podcast listeners? Yeah, sure, my name is Joe Burke, inventor, founder, and parent. So, you know, today we're talking about the Ollie Ball, which I'm really excited about. We don't get to talk about toys enough on the Promo Marketing Podcast. So, uh, you know, for someone who might not be familiar, tell us a little bit about the Ollie Ball and how you kind of came to invent it. Sure. It was 2015. Um, my kids were playing ball in the house. It was hot out. Southern California It was over 100 degrees. And my oldest daughter was was kicking a ball around the house breaking stuff and i said we, we got to get that out of the house to go in the backyard she's too hot she's in the kitchen she's crying and i sat there going how come nobody has made a ball you can play with in the house you know nerf tried it but you can't throw a nerf in the house it's going to knock stuff over it's heavy and so that saturday with her crying in the kitchen i'm like okay you know what i, I used to work at disney I was an executive there. I remember, you know, what these toy designers and companies would go through to make products. I said, we're going to make a ball you can play with in the house. And so that day started a hundred different prototypes to us patents, trademarks, the whole story started there. So I want to go on to something you mentioned a second ago, your background with Disney. How did that inform your, uh, you know, now your new life as a toy inventor? Yeah, it was great. I was national brand director for Disney stores and I had, I'd come out of doing teen retail. I was a vice president of marketing of a retail company, and I was always an inventor. I mean, I'd always was tinkering with stuff, making stuff. But at Disney, I was watching the winners and losers. You know, we'd go through a hindsight at the end of a, of a quarter, and maybe say, well, what were the winners? What were the losers? And I saw a lot of time we were, because we were working directly with the toy designers, and and with the the properties, so from Ratatouille to Wally, I mean, we were looking at sketches as those things were in development, and then we'd be planning the marketing for toys that went along with it. So when I look back and did hindsights, you know, we had a lot of toys that had batteries that plugged in, that had electronics, that had little video cameras, a lot of moving parts, 
And then we had these toys that were simple. You had these toys that were were low tech, no batteries. They didn't plug in, no lights, but they were simple play patterns, what I call primal play patterns. And in the end, those always won because you didn't have as many returns. They didn't expire. They didn't have the same level of safety testing. And in the end, when you look at it, you know, you draw it out. The one conclusion I came to was that low tech wins. And so that really impacted the development of the Ollie ball, because again, like even with the prototypes and everything we were doing, I kept thinking, stay simple, stay simple, stay simple. And uh, what we did was actually two beautiful accidents happened and, and we now have Ollie ball. Yeah. I, I kind of jumped ahead a second. Let's get yeah. back to the Ollie ball itself. Sure. What, what is the construction for someone who I've seen them, but. Right. Yeah, someone who's never seen it, how does it, you know, survive impact in the house? It's well, it's specifically technically called the coefficient of restitution. So what happens is if you see an ollie ball, you see a video or you hear about it, you can be like, okay, well, it's like a 12 inch ball. It's kind of like the size of a beach ball. It's kind of like a balloon, but it's kind of like a ball. I don't really get it. I see these videos was over a hundred million views on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram of it, but it, it kind of floats in the air. So yes, it weighs less than an ounce. And to give you sort of a sense, a soccer ball weighs 16 ounces. This is 0.08 ounces. It is a two-piece ball. It has no elastomers. And the best way to describe it is it is a, an indoor play ball that absorbs shock on impact. So what's happening is, is the bladder is expanding on the inside, and that is dampening the coefficient of restitution. So even that sounds very confusing. So the best way that we explain it is we say it is the ultimate indoor play ball. You can kick it, hit it as hard as you want in the house. It is guaranteed not to break windows. And what makes it even cooler is that you can color it in with any marker or crayon. So yeah, it's that's, got all that's huge. That's, you know, a kid's dream. Yeah, it breaks all the rules. In fact, we trademarked the phrase play ball in the house. And I remember my patent attorney at the time, I asked him and he said, ah, I don't know, we'll see. He checked it out. He says, you know what? No one's even tried. Huh. And I said, how's that possible? And he says, well, it's kind of like trying to trademark run with scissors and eat paste. He's like, Just, <laughs> it's like something you don't want to do. And so it's kind of cool. we had that registered trademark play ball in the house. And then again, we won. Uh, among others, we won a Toy of the Year award at the New York International Toy Fair, which really gave us a lot of early visibility. But, you know, in the grand scheme, we're still a startup. I mean, this is our third year in business. We we're closing in on two million units sold worldwide. And um, and we're continuing now into some other areas, uh, including promo. Yeah, let's shift gears to the, the business side of things here. You sure. it seems like you kind of first debuted this on the retail front, correct? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, you saw success there. What is it like bringing it over to the promo space? You know, how does a product like this really appeal to people who work with branded merchandise and licensing? So we started out, obviously, with one SKU, and then we moved to two SKUs. And now we're up to seven core SKUs. We got glow-in-the-dark ones. We have one with black lights. And what happened was, is everything we do is sort of market-driven. So we had videos on TikTok of kids hitting ollie ball with a baseball bat in the house. I mean, inside of a house, full swings, hitting ollie ball. That touched off doing ollie ball slugger. So we got Mike Trout's hitting coach, uh, who was the head hitting coach of the LA Angels. And we did videos with him. We met with him. He showed us a bunch of drills to do with it. 
And so it was a market-driven decision. Then enters camp stores. So if your audience is familiar with camp stores, um, you would know what they are. If you're not, you have to go to one. They are in major cities across the country. And it, if you imagine taking a Disneyland and compressing it into a store, and they're big, you know, they're probably 10,000, 12,000 square feet, um, huge experiential toy store. We won a Toy of the Year, a 2019 Toy of the Year at the New York International Toy Fair. Camp was the first people to come to us. They said, you know what? We love this thing. It's experience. You play it. You hit it. It's perfect for our stores. You can color it in. And so Camp came to us, the CEO, Ben, who's just a, a, just a visionary. I mean, it's probably the best word I can use to describe him. He's a visionary. And he goes, you know what? I want a camp volleyball. I want an volleyball camp collaboration. We'll get our designers together. We'll get in the sandbox. And we were all in. We're like, great, let's do that. So he saw the, 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 the real benefit because with customization and promo, what does this allow him to do? Now it's called volleyball camp. It has his camp logo. It's got the volleyball logo. It has images from their asset library. And it customizes the experience for the kids because now they're holding this ball, 12 inches, size of a beach ball. They're playing with it and they're coloring in the camp logo. They're coloring in the camp assets and it's an volleyball. That connection to a brand with a toy of the year winning toy um, has been, was, was gold for him because it's one of their best sellers. So we were able to work with their team. And the good news is, is, you know, at Disney, I met so many great people, especially on the sourcing side. We do have a team in Hong Kong where we, where we manufacture uh, where we were we were able to turn these around quickly. So once we have art, it all goes. We do 3D renderings, uh, sort of 3D rotation renderings of the ball. And we go into production and the the ball in the package itself weighs 1.3 ounces. It's 0.085 CBM. We air freight them. So within less than 90 days, we went from art to shelf. Um, and we we can even tighten that time up even greater. Um, depending on what we want to do going forward. So so to answer your question, it was really market-driven. Uh, I can tell you there's another large West Coast retailer we're working with right now doing the same. Um, the NBA came knocking on our door as well. Uh, we already have, in fact, you can't, your audience can't see it, but they can hear it. That's the sound of, of an ollie ball. We call it crunch core. It's a two-piece construction. Mm -hmm. And that sound right here, which I'm holding, which I'll show you, but your audience can't see, is the first NBA ball. Oh, nice. Yes, there'll be a press release coming out. And in fact, we are going to be at the 2023 All-Star Game uh, in Salt Lake City next month. And we have a limited edition ball for the All-Star Game that we'll be doing a giveaway. And we're doing a live event there at, at NBA Crossover. So verbose answer to your question, but that's really... It was market driven. It's what they wanted. It was, it's what brands wanted. And it's really opened up a universe of opportunities in the promo customization space because you get this direct brand affinity with a product. And this is, I tell you, the coolest thing about volleyball. And we hear this. If you look at our reviews, you've got thousands of them. Um, and But one of some of the great things they say is it's the one toy that never goes in the closet because it's always sitting around. Grandparents play with the grandkids. Parents play with the kids. It never goes in the closet. It sits around. You can kick it. You play with it all the time. And for brands, your logo is in their hands all the time, not stuffed in a closet like a lot of other products. Well, you know, the thing with the ball, like, you know, you kind of 
mentioned this earlier with the primitive play style. You don't have to explain a ball to anyone. There's no instructions. There's no there's no learning curve to it. Everyone knows what to do with it and they can do whatever they want with it. That's a good point. That's a very good point. So yeah. what has it been like, you know, bringing a product from this retail space to promo? Were there any kind of unexpected hurdles you might not have accounted for that you had to deal with or has it been pretty smooth sailing? Um, you know, again, like it's, Everything we do is market driven. When we identify a need, we're coming out with a new game next year based on volleyball. And it really comes, I'll be honest with you, we watch we watch social media. We watch, we pay very close attention to customer reviews. We watch all of the, the amazing things that people have done with volleyball worldwide um, in terms of the play patterns, how they colored in. We have a glow in the dark ball because you know kids are messing with glow in the dark markers. So now we made one. But when it came to the promo space, again, it was market driven. So we haven't, I think, had we a year earlier said, hey, we're going to go after promo. I think we would have tripped on our shoelaces and stepped on a few rakes. But because the brands were demanding it and asking for it, it really, we, we cut our curve down exponentially. So what kind of, you know, what product verticals you mentioned, you know, stores and obviously the NBA is a huge get. But what other kind of end buyer categories do you see the uh, Alibaba really appealing to? And, you know, how can they use this product as a promotional tool? So, and, and again, I've, one of the key things that I learned at Disney was imagination, open eyes, open ears. And, you know, what I loved about Walt Disney, and I studied him and his brand, I had the good fortune of working with another guy named Michael Vance. Um, and honestly, John Balin, he was the guy that's still at Disney, I think is uh, really understands the depth of the Disney brand. But when we look at product development, we look at what Alibaba is doing for brands. Um, we've, we've seen and heard things we never expected. Case in point, we got, and I can't mention who it is, but a distillery alcohol company we're talking to and at first i'm like what i'm like i don't, I don't okay sure but again i go back to the videos you there's all these videos with people standing there with their kids holding beer and wine in their hands and they're playing with the ball we got um emails from kids at university of colorado boulder we've gotten uh, college kids all the time apparently in the dorms these are really fun to hit around and it's kind of like the new hacky sack so again, the opportunities for distillers, um, alcohol brands, never saw it coming, but boy, there it is. Education, didn't see this coming. We watch our sales very closely. Obviously, I mean, we're, we're, we're often, we're always in the top five kickball on Amazon for during holiday, we're number one kickball on Amazon, but we watch those orders. Anytime I see someone ordering 10, 12, 24 at a time, that's a big, you know, that's gonna make a big difference. So we started watching these orders that were coming in for 12, 24, and we're looking at the names. And at first they didn't make sense. And then we drilled in a little deeper and found out that they were schools. These were um, school districts. These were learning centers. These were educational centers. And then we started seeing senior centers. We started seeing physical therapy centers. They're ordering these things at full price. Of course, we came up with promo codes, discounts, and we, you know, we've been doing some email campaigns now because of this. But again, it was all market driven. We didn't know it. We knew if we got these things out in the universe, 
and more people, the more people hold them, the, the more that they're going to share them and find new uses for them. But Alibal, again, for brands, um, we just keep listening. And I would say the education space, the physical therapy space, the uh, um, uh, indoor active recess, there is another major sports brand I can't mention right now that we're doing one for because of the activity. Um, there is a chain of fitness clubs that we're talking to about putting them in their kids club center. And again, alcohol brands and uh, colleges. So it, it, I will tell you, and I'll be honest with you as the founder inventor and a person that works in sales, I, you know, it's not a pitch that I would have done. I'll be honest, I wouldn't have said, hey, let's go after the distilled spirits industry. It really came to us. And I think, again, it comes down to, as you mentioned, you don't have to explain how it works. It's simplistic. It's simple. It's got, in fact, we just filed our third U.S. utility patent and because we keep adding to it. And the opportunity to hold the ball with a marker and a crayon and color in the logo of a brand, it, I think, again, brands saw the value in it before we did. And I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm not the genius behind that. <laughs> well, you know, it seems like you guys have a lot of exciting things on the horizon. And you mentioned a couple of developments. Is there anything else you haven't mentioned that you're excited for that you guys are doing next? Yeah. So we have a, so we're going to Nuremberg. We'll be at the Nuremberg Toy Fair. It's the largest in the world. Uh, I'm leaving Monday. So that goes from February 1st to the 4th. And we are going to be premiering something really, really cool there. And I'm trying to figure out a way to tease it without giving it away. Um, but it is, it's a, it's an ollie ball, but it does something different that you wouldn't expect. And again, if people look up ollie ball, just if you Google it, you'll see 20 pages. We own the first 20 pages of links, videos, posts, pictures, and, um, I could say that one of the at Nuremberg we're going to be showing something really cool, really big, uh, and it it does lead to the education space. And the other thing we are developing is an app that goes with the ball. Now, app and product integrations aren't usually great. This one is intended for education, and it has a specific goal with school districts. And again, when I talk about market driven, we have three school districts that we have that reached out to us that were interested, wanted a discount. I said, tell you what, why don't I send you 24 of them for free? And in exchange, just let me know, like, how, what did you guys do? How did you like it? Where did you find value in it? Do you have any ideas for uh, how we could make it better? And so that's a lot of these ideas come out of activities like that. Well, there you have it. Joe Burke, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to do this today and continued success. And tell Joel Embiid I said hi at the NBA All-Star Game, please. I will, for sure. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate it. That about does it for this episode of the Promo Marketing Podcast. If you like what you heard, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any tips or comments, you can always send them our way on Twitter at promo underscore marketing. Once again, I am Brendan Menapace, and this is the Promo Marketing Podcast. <laughs>